bottom line is we spend a lot of money, time, and energy getting places, don't we? Well, in our scripture today, we're going to look at a story about some people who wanted to get their friend to somebody that was extremely important. So if you would, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, and we're going to be reading verses 17 through 26, or you can look on the screen because the scriptures are there as well. We want to thank you all for being here today. It's so good to be in the Lord's house with you. Luke 5, 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then, behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for the privilege to be in your presence right now, because we're no, we know, Lord, that you are here. We thank you for the gift of salvation. And Lord, thank you for the freedom to be able to come and to worship here today. And Lord, we just ask that you have freedom in our lives right now. And we ask that you speak to our hearts with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, help us to be obedient and responsive to you and to do whatever you ask. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus was teaching in a house, and the Bible tells us, that Pharisees and religious leaders had came from all the surrounding towns to hear Jesus. So this house was full of people. It was full of the, the religious leaders and the teachers and then just uh, everybody else that needed to get to Jesus. Now these religious leaders, their motive was not pure because they wanted to have Jesus to say something that they could hold against him, that they could accuse him of. And so they were trying to hopefully trip him up. But there were other people there and they just wanted to hear from Jesus. Let me tell you guys, when Jesus speaks, people listen. He's way better than E.F. Hutton. Okay? A couple of y'all got that. The teenagers are like, huh? Hmm? Jesus speaks with authority. People from all around had came to be in his presence. This morning, I want to encourage you, make it a point to get to Jesus. And I ask you today, is his word the authority in your life, or do you determine what's right and wrong for you? Well, today I want to give you five reasons to get to Jesus. And you're like, five? I thought it was three. You always preach three. Well, you know, Brother Will's been doing these great series, and he has multiple points. So I thought, well, maybe you can do more than three points. I didn't know that. 
No, that's really just the way it worked out when I wrote it. But I'm going to give you five reasons to get to Jesus. And this is even the, the next cool part. They all start with the letter G. Okay? Pretty cool, huh? I knew you'd be impressed. I knew. They're simple, too. That's the best thing. These are simple and quick. So here we go. Number one, God's power is present. You know, a team needs a coach, don't they? Coach Brent. Team's got to have a coach. He's, he's my coach. He's our kid's coach. He's the man. Brent knows baseball, okay? So he's, he's my kid's coach, and I'm grateful to have him. Well, a team needs a coach. Isaac, he started playing basketball this year, and unlike his dad, he's really good at basketball, okay? He gets that from his grandpa and his granny, not me. So he, he's a really good basketball player. So the other day, we're playing Dudley's team, okay? Team Dudley, I know this guy's my friend, great guy. Really wanted to beat him. Didn't want to make him too mad because he's a Navy SEAL, and, you know, I knew he could, could hurt me, so... Uh, we were winning. Okay, we were winning. My dad was at the game. We're winning. Halftime, man, we were playing like a well-oiled machine. But our coach was gone that day. So our kids, they were just like on autopilot. It was automatic. They were running the plays. They were making the baskets. They were playing defense. They knew what to do. But then suddenly, in the second half, something happened. The wheels fell off the track. Okay? And all of a sudden, our kids, man, they forgot that they knew plays. They forgot that they could dribble. They forgot how to pass. They forgot how to shoot. And it was a train wreck. And we had these other two guys. They're great guys. They're great guys. They're high school guys. Awesome guys. Okay, not from our church. Okay, but they, they, were, they were the assistant coaches. Okay, so me and my dad were watching them. And, and here's, 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 here's what they did. The whole game. That's it. There's no, there's no yelling. There's no stomping. There's no calling timeout, bringing in the troops. I mean, we're falling apart. We need a leader. We need a coach. Guys, we lost by one point. This, this win could have catapulted us from fourth place, possibly to third or even second. Because, you know, we could have rattled the first place team so bad that they, you know, they just would fall apart for the rest of the season. Who knows? We could have been, there's no telling. We could have come in the postseason tournament in the number one seed. Who knows what could have happened? Guys, we lost by one point. We needed our coach. The other, the, the assistant coaches did not have the same authority. They didn't have the same authority. Guys, today I want to ask you, who's the authority in your life? Well, let me tell you, God's power is present today. And God's power was present to heal. In this scripture that we look at, Jesus is teaching in this house. And it's so interesting because it said, God's power, Don, was present to heal. Wow, isn't that awesome that God was there and he wanted to heal people. He wanted to do great things. And how ironic, his, his power was available for every person in that room, even the religious leaders and the Pharisees who thought they were okay. They thought they had it all together. They thought they were living life right. But they had the same problem that everybody else in that room had, and that's the sickness of sin and the disease of sin, and they needed forgiveness. We're all leveled out when it comes to our fallen human nature. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. And there's only one power that's available to cure that disease. And that is the power of God in our lives. You see, God has authority over creation, over sickness, over disease, over injury, over evil, over everything. No one else has the authority of God. You see, Jesus came to heal our sin problem, didn't he? But here's the problem with that. We don't like to admit our mistakes. We don't want to own up when we've done something wrong, right? Right, because that's our human nature. And, and 
guess what? We're all dead in sin. But we want to hide it. We want to cover it up. But God's power is available to heal. And God is present right now in this room to help you. All you have to do is surrender to him. When I was a teen, I went to a conference and the theme of it was bring it to the light and it'll be all right. Now, I love that. Joy would probably say that's corny, you know, but I, I like corny stuff, you know. And I'm like, bring it to the light and it'll be all right. You know, I tell my kids that and they roll their eyes at me. Whatever, dad. Number two. See, I told you these points were fast. You were nervous. You didn't believe me, but now you're, you're starting to get a little confidence in me. Brother Stacy, you're starting to believe me a little bit. Second reason to get to Jesus is because goodness is shared. I'm going to tell you all a great story. Uh, Macy and Brax, they come home on Mondays after school and hang out with us until uh, their parents you know, can get home in the evening. So I had gotten home from work from the church, and, and Macy had these two rings, two little plastic rings, you know. And I think we got a picture of them maybe up there. But that, there they are. There's more than two there, but hers look like that. And they were, you know, they were awesome. Like, Macy, I like your rings. She's like, oh, well, thanks. She goes, got them at the school auction. It's like, oh, really? That's cool. So apparently the, the elementary school in Van Buren, they've learned from Brother Johnny that you, you get these points. And y'all, some of y'all know more about this than me. Matthew could tell us. But they get these points on good behavior. Is that right, Floor? And you get these points for attendance and bring your Bible and things, and you earn credit. So then they have like an auction. You can buy all this awesome stuff. All right, your parents know what I'm talking about, right? It's good. It's cool, man. It's so good. You know, and your kids bring it home, and it piles up everywhere. Well, so Macy, uh, she bought these in the auction. I said, Macy, that's awesome. She goes, yeah, I didn't really want them. Didn't really want them. I said, well, why'd you get them? She said, well, there's this little boy, and he kind of has a hard time, and he accidentally bid on them. And apparently the teacher's got a rule. Once you bid, there's no going back because... Once that started to be a never-ending cycle, right? So he accidentally bid on the plastic rings, and he didn't want the plastic rings, and he was really distraught about it. And Macy, she kind of sees all this going down, and so she, you know what she did? She bid on the rings so he wouldn't win, because he was going to win them. I mean, it was a countdown. He was going to be the winner, so she bid, and she got the rings. I thought, how awesome. That's good, isn't it? Isn't that good? That's some goodness. I like that. It's a good story. Uh, well, listen, when we get to Jesus, goodness is shared in the Gospel of Mark. We're told that four men bring this man on a bed or a mat to Jesus. He is paralyzed. Okay, we don't know why. We don't know what happened to him, if it was injury or sickness or born that way. But whatever it was, he could not move. And so they were taking a lot of effort and they were putting a lot of energy in getting him to Jesus. Now, how many of y'all actually got in a car today and either rode or drove here? Just raise your hand if you did. Okay, how many of y'all had a heat in that car? You had a heater? Okay. All right, so it was probably a pretty comfortable ride, right? For the most part, pretty easy. Can you imagine having to, to carry, you know, your friend who couldn't move, he's paralyzed, and having to drag him to Jesus? Now, guys, that's, that is desperate, isn't it? That is intensity. They went out of their way to help their friend. Their motive was good. But when they got there, the house was so full because so many people who came to hear Jesus that day, they could not get to Jesus. And they could have just said, buddy, we're sorry. We tried. We did everything we could to get you to Jesus. But the house is full. There's no way we can get in. So we're going to come back another day. We'll do it again. Guys, they didn't know if they had another day. They weren't looking at it like there was a tomorrow. They said, we're going to get you to Jesus now. So they sprung into action to do what it took. For all they knew, Jesus might not be back. But they felt like Jesus could help their friend. So what motivated them to, to do this? It's love. And I don't even think they realize the full impact 
of what was going to happen when they got their friend to Jesus. I think they just knew that their friend had a physical need and they heard this guy could do miracles and they were going to get him to him to see what could happen. But they were trying to get their friend some help. Guys, we must have the same concern for one another. It's a good thing when we get people to Jesus. Because when we get people in the presence of God, lives change. So don't put off talking to people about Christ and about salvation. Because you don't know when you're going to get another chance. You don't know when the last chance to share salvation is with someone. And you don't have to have all the answers. Sometimes we overcomplicate. Well, what if they ask me a question that I can't answer? Don't worry about it. You've got a testimony, right? Share your story. Share what you know about Jesus. You don't have to have all the answers, but you know he's Lord and Savior, so share that. And then serve other people in the name of Jesus. Number three, when we get to Jesus, there's a growing of faith. See, guys? Number three already. Wow, how many, how many points? Wow, y'all are feeling really good now. You're like, it's good. It's going to be all right. When we brought Eli home from the hospital six and a half week early, baby, man, we were scared to death. Well, I was. Joy wasn't. She was calm. But, you know, this nurse came to the house to check, out, check in, make sure everything was good. And she said, just give him feed and water and he'll grow. <laughs> wow. That's really simplified parenting for me. I was like, okay, I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm not worried now. So guess what? We gave him feed and water. Eli, Eli, raise your hand. He grew. He's almost as big as me now. It worked. But guys, when your kids grow, they have to have new clothes, right? All right, I'm going to ask a question. And, and some people in here, are gonna, they're going to get uncomfortable and ask this question. Okay, just be prepared. How many of y'all have heard of GKS? Raise your hand. Don't say what it is. Raise your hand. GKS, there's a hand in the back there, there, anybody else? GKS, okay, GKS, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Oh, you already, there it is. It's the growing kid sale. It's like the mega, world's biggest garage sale, okay? Biggest ever garage sale, biggest ever is what Brother Johnny would say. Happens here in Fort Smith, out at K. Rogers, just happened this week, okay? Everybody brings their stuff, and then, and then you sell it on a commission. It's crazy, okay? Now, let me explain what goes into this, because you're like, what's the big deal? Okay, oh, it's a big deal, because when, when the women prepare for the GKS, all right, it's like this crazy obsession, transformation comes over them, okay? So Joy's like, she says the dreaded words, I need you to go in the attic <laughs> and bring down all the totes. Okay, full of clothes and toys that we've outgrown. So here we, you know, we bring everything in. And have y'all ever seen, have you ever watched an ant? Have you ever watched ants how, you know, all day long, they're, they go up to their little ant mound, and then they come out, and they go get food, and they carry it back to the ant mound, and it's all day. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. And they carry things like 10 times their body weight, you know, they're just carrying it. So here's Joy for like, you know, three weeks, oh, she's carrying these totes, ten times her body weight. She's just carrying them, and, you know, day in and day out from the garage to the dining room. And it's like, you know, it's just, it's never ends. Moving clothes and toys and sorting and bagging and tagging. Until finally, we can drop it off at the GKS and, and I get my garage back. Yes. 
<laughs> my room. I got it back. Got my man cave back just for a little while. See, when I said GKS, you husbands who've been there, you, I mean, you got sick, didn't you? Okay, just go ahead. Let me see your hand, guys. If you heard it, you got a sick feeling. Yes, we do. We do. It's okay, guys. I'm in your corner, and I'm praying for you. Guys, listen, when we get in the presence of Jesus, our faith will grow. Our faith will grow. Here's Jesus, and imagine this scene. He's in this house. He's teaching. It's full of people. Nobody can get to him because he is God, and his power is there to heal. So there's something special happening, and everybody knows it, and they're just wanting to get to him. Standing room only. And as everybody's listening to Jesus, you can hear a pin drop in the house because he is preaching truth. And people are amazed. They've never heard anything like this before because it's the authority of God. And so they're glued to him. But all of a sudden, they hear something thump, thump, thump up on the roof. And they're like, what is that? Maybe there's an animal on the roof. We don't know. And it starts making its way towards Jesus. And they hear this noise, and it's heavy, and it's just you know, making, making its way right above Jesus. And it stops and then grows quiet for a minute. And everybody's like, what is going on? And Jesus continuing to teach, and then all of a sudden, maybe some dust or straw begins to, to fall down around Jesus, and they're scuffling up on the roof, and they hear something, and all of a sudden, a ray of light penetrates into the room, and there's a little hole, and they just see a face peering through that hole. And then the face quickly disappears, and four sets of hands begin to work at this hole and make it bigger and bigger and bigger, until all of a sudden, this lumpy mat appears and fills the hole up and begins to be lowered into the room by perhaps ropes or even old rags tied together at the corners to lower this into the room, and then suddenly Jesus is face to face with this man who is in a miserable condition. He is paralyzed, and he cannot move, and he has been literally lowered down into the presence of Christ, interrupted this entire teaching session, and Jesus is looking at the man, and the man's looking at Jesus, and there's four faces now above Jesus looking down through the hole. Nobody sees them because they're all fixed on Jesus and this man, and what is going to happen next? And these people are thinking, Jesus would you please heal this man? He needs to walk again. Lord Jesus, would you help him? They're, they're probably moved with compassion for this man who's in a miserable state. That's what they see. They see the physical. But guess what Jesus sees? Jesus sees their faith. See, these men knew. Maybe they didn't have all the answers, but they knew if we could just get to Jesus, if we can get our friend to Jesus, he's going to be okay. He'll be all right. Let's get him to Jesus. That's what moved Jesus that's what amazed him. He saw their faith. And you know what? He didn't immediately heal the man physically. Because Jesus knew that this man needed something far more important and far more eternal than a physical touch. And I can tell you guys, these men, these five guys, their lives will be changed forever after what was about to happen. And their faith would grow like never before and it would be monumental for them. You know what? We want easy street, but God wants faith. We want our earthly problems solved, but God wants our sin problem resolved. See beyond the here and now to the eternal. Jesus wants us to believe in him, to rely on him, and to be part of his church body. Your life matters to him, and your faith choices last forever. So what are you placing your faith in? When you get in the presence of Jesus and you desire to know him, your faith will grow. Don't get me wrong. God may not give you what you want. He may not give you everything you're asking for, but he's going to give you what you need. And he'll give you strength to get you through the journey. 
So pray, God, give us more faith. The problems in your life may stay, but God is here. Number four, why do we get to Jesus? Grace is given. Grace is given. You know, kids want grace from their parents, right? When they get in trouble, right? Teenagers, going to get an amen. Oh, maybe you don't. Okay, moms and dads, no more grace. They don't want it. So, Joy and I, we've been doing this parenting series, and it's called 12 Mistakes Parents Make. Ooh, boy, it's beating me up, too. I'm telling you, it's, it's good stuff. But one of the things it says that parents do, and are really bad about, and I'm guilty, is stop. Nope, don't do that. Quit. I said stop. And we give all these rules. Rules, rules, rules. Okay? And this guy says, instead of rules, give equations. Okay, equations. Now, if, you're, if you guys like math, I see some of y'all smile like math. Okay, you can give your kid an equation. In other words, if you do this, then this is going to happen. Okay, does that make sense? So you try to explain to them, why you're not just giving them a rule to take away all their fun. You're trying to protect them from harm, right? Or the other flip side of that is if you're, if you're obedient, if you do what you're supposed to do, then you're going to get blessings in your life. Y'all with me? That sounds pretty good, right? Equations, okay? So that's what this guy said to do. Give equations. Well, I, I'm, I think that's great, but I still like grace too. You know, I need some grace. Luckily, guys, God gives us grace, but you know, he does give us equations. If you obey me, if you keep my commands, I'm going to bless you, right? If you, if you put your trust in Jesus and you repent of your sins, you get eternal life in heaven. That's good stuff, isn't it? Okay? I'm thankful for those equations. When this man got in the presence of Jesus, maybe he was aware of his sinful condition for the first time. Maybe for the first time in his life, he realized he needed a Savior more than he needed to walk. And Jesus looked at him and he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And Jesus forgave his sins before he healed his body because Jesus sees beyond the temporary and he sees to the eternal. And this man received the greatest gift of all, and that is the gift of salvation. And it changed his life forever. For by grace have you been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Ephesians 2.8. The religious leaders didn't like this. They didn't like that Jesus was giving grace because they began to think in their minds, well, how can he say this? Only God can forgive sins. Who does he think he is? And so they're thinking all these things. And guess what Jesus does? Bill, he reads their minds. He reads their minds. Aren't you glad that other people can't read your mind? Teenagers, when you go home today, you know, your parents are going to say, you know, Brother Jason, he was just brilliant in that equation thing. And we've written out 10 or 12 equations for you guys. So this is going to help you, you know. And so they're going to go through the list and y'all are going to be, the teenagers are going to be thinking. You're going to be thinking. and you're, oh, That is so dumb. I can't believe that mom and dad bought into that. You know, this is ridiculous. And then, teenagers, you're going to be in huge trouble. Because they're, they're already going to know what you're thinking, okay? So when you go home today and they break out the equation, don't even think that it's dumb. Because they're, they're going to know what you're thinking, okay? And then you're going to be in worse trouble. So don't think it. Just don't think it. So then Jesus asked him a question. He said, is it easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven of you, or to say, get up, pick up your bed, and go home? Which is easier to say? You know, it's simple to say your sins are forgiven. Who's really going to know if they are or not, right? 
Only you're going to know. Nobody else. But if Jesus says this man, get up, who is paralyzed, and everybody knows that, and he walks out, that's a miracle. That's, that's a no-doubter, right? You can't dispute that. So then Jesus said this. He said, so that you may know, and he's talking to the religious leaders, that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. Then he looks at the man and he said, I say to you, get up, pick up your bed, and go home. And he did. You know what that is? That's a walk-off home run. Because Jesus just proved who he was. Jesus just proved his authority by the power that happened. You see, the action of healing backed up the words of forgiveness. And Jesus has already proved who he is because he rose from the dead. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. So he is victorious. And he is our authority. And he is God. You see, grace is freely offered through the blood of Jesus. Aren't we thankful for that? So live it. Do what you say you believe. You with me? And then give it. Brother Will preached on this a couple weeks ago. You've received the greatest gift of all, which is forgiveness. So give that to your family and your friends and others. We're all people. We're going to let each other down. Give grace. Forgive and let it go. And then don't abuse it. Don't keep on living any old way you want and just say, oh, God will forgive me. He'll forgive me. It's okay. He'll forgive me. Hey, when we, and we're not going to be perfect after we get saved, but guess what? We ought to be striving to be like Christ. So if there's something that you're struggling with, get some accountability, and you dig into the Word, and you get through it, and you fight it, and God will give you the strength. Have you experienced God's grace in your life today? Number five, why do we get to Jesus? Because God is glorified. God is glorified. Uh, we could go Friday, Joy and I, we got to take Matthew to one of the greatest universities in the world. Oklahoma State University in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Woo! I knew y'all be excited. Look, look at it. Oh, man, now. Oh, I'm getting evil eyes now. Oh, I just lost. I just lost three-fourths of the congregation right there. Woo! And now, Eli and Isaac, they had other commitments. They had baseball and basketball and things, so they weren't able to go. That's what I'm telling myself. It's really they're not real big OSU fans. I'm just telling myself it wasn't that. They just, you know, they had other commitments. But Joy and I, Matthew, we got to go to OSU, and we got to watch a wrestling tournament. It was a duel between North Carolina and OSU. Okay, we got, we got the picture up there. Oh, look at that. Woo! Oh. That's, that's Pistol Pete, for y'all that were wondering. Okay, that's Pistol Pete. And he was a real guy, too. I don't have time to tell you a story. There they are. That's Joy and Matthew in Gallagher-Iba Arena. Notice the apparel that they have on. What color is that? Let's say it again. What color is that? Orange. Oh, man, it does my heart good to hear y'all say orange. That makes me so happy. Man, isn't Joy pretty? Whew. I mean, the Lord just gave me, he gave me a godly fox, you know. And I like seeing her wearing that orange. It took a long, it took several years of marriage before she would wear the orange, okay. And she's got her razorback colors on today. That's okay. Hey, I'll call the hogs. All right, I'm no dummy. I'll call the hogs as long as they're not playing the cowboys. That hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it won't. We'll cross that bridge if we get to it. 
And then, guys, let's, we got another picture up there. This is really cool. Okay, this is Matthew. We got to go into the wrestling room and watch him warm up. This is, does anybody know who this is? That's what I thought. <laughs> who is it, Matthew? John Smith. John Smith is OSU's head coach. He's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Okay, this guy, he's a real deal. You don't, you don't get in the, in the ring with this guy. He's awesome. So we go in, the, in there, and, and he didn't know us from anybody, but, man, he was so gracious and took a, talked to Matthew and took his picture. It was really a cool day. I mean, it was awesome. You know? And we were, really, we were trying to get Matthew fired up, really, for the state wrestling tournament, which was yesterday. That's why my voice sounds like it does today, okay, because we yelled a whole lot yesterday. Now, I didn't yell as much as Joy, okay, because she, she yells more than me. But, uh, man, it was awesome. So that was a great trip, and I was grateful for it. But I got to thinking, from now on, for birthday and Christmas, all I'm going to get my family's orange. So, you know, that'll, I think it'll work really good, don't y'all? I think it'll be a great plan. Maybe not. But wrestling tournament yesterday, we had the state tournament, okay? And let me say that for Matthew, it went really good, okay? He got to, he got to take home state. It was an awesome day. And uh, you, you can, you can. And I don't mean to be, to be brag. I'm just thankful that, that we got to have the opportunity and we, we use it as a witness. And uh, that's what we like to do and, and to uh, get to talk to other coaches and players, uh, you know, about the Lord and ask them if they know the Lord. So, guys, listen, we can give God the glory in everything that we do. We'll wear our sports colors and we'll wear them proud, but let's give God the glory, right? Let's lift his name up. Let's exalt him. Look, look at what happened. When Jesus told this man to get up, pick up his bed and go home, guess what happened? The Bible says immediately he did it. Immediately he was healed just like that. And so that's what he did. He picked up his bed and he, he went home and he glorified God all along the way. And everyone was totally amazed. And then they glorified God and they were filled with fear. And they said, we have seen strange things today. Now, this word for today is the same word for today that Luke uses back in Luke chapter 4. Listen to these words. This is where Jesus is reading from Isaiah the prophet in the temple the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You know what Jesus was saying? The messianic age is here. The appointed time of the Messiah is now, and you are seeing him. Wow, Jesus is here, and he's here to heal, and he's here to give eternal life. That is amazing. And so when this man walked out of that room, and I don't think he walked, I think he ran, and he jumped, and he shouted, and he screamed all the way home, praising God, and he was a walking billboard for the Lord. It was a miracle, and everybody knew it, and everybody saw it. He got a new life spiritually, and he got a new life physically, and he wanted people to know. And the people that witnessed it reciprocated the glorying of the Lord, and they began to glorify the Lord. Guys, we need to give God the glory. We need to be a walking billboard for him. We need to get people to Jesus. Would you bow your heads? And I'd like to ask everybody to stand to your feet.